0: Welcome to the Christchurch Vienna podcast, gathering the theological and liturgical resources of Christchurch, the Anglican Church in Vienna, Austria. For more information about the ministry of Christchurch, visit us at christchurchvienna.org. You are listening to the Book of Common Prayer service from September 24, 2023. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This morning, I want to begin by reminding you of last Sunday's Gospel. Peter comes to Jesus asking, how many times must one forgive? Jesus replies, saying, not seven times, as Peter does in his largesse, but he says, 77 times. Or as in my preferred reading, 70 times 7. Jesus follows this exchange with the telling of the parable of the unforgiving slave who receiving abundant mercy is unwilling to show mercy to someone who in turn is indebted to him. The implication is that we who have received divine mercy are to extend this mercy to others, however difficult we might find it, as Jonah found it. Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says to the Twelve, you received without payment, give without payment. Whereas in another translation, freely ye have received, freely give. We find that all very difficult. And it's something we must continue to remind ourselves of and continue to learn and continue to seek and realize in our relationships at work. It should be a determining factor of who we are. Today's parable of the labors in the vineyard makes a different point, but in a similar vein. What might it be? Before giving an answer, it is worth mentioning that in both this week's and last week's parable, Jesus uses the backdrop of first-century economic realities in the telling of these two parables. In both cases, it is about what is owed. In the parable of the unforgiving slave, the undergirding and economic reality is of debts owed that need to be paid back. In today's parable, that of the laborers in the vineyard It is about the wages owed after a day's work and who has authority to give those wages. The backdrop here is the economic reality of day laborers in the Greek-Roman world. What is the purpose of the parable? It is, as Jesus states, to help us to gain an understanding of the economy of the kingdom of heaven. And been talking about the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is making something known about the nature of God. And when we think of Jonah's reading, we already know that the people of Hebrew people had an inkling of the nature of God. What is the kingdom of God like? What is God like? What are we to be like? What we learn is that we are being pushed kicking and screaming, in some cases, by God to a new understanding of God, what the kingdom of God is like, and what we should become. And to do so, Jesus tells parables that we might get the point. And we do get it. It isn't fair, but that is not the point. Parables, like epigrams, do not see all sides or make multiple points. They tend to make one point, but that one point is brought home to us. And the point here is the scope of God's mercy. And the words of the psalmist that we heard last week, as far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. In the first telling of the parable of the libraries in the vineyard was Jesus telling it against the disciples whom he had first called to join, him? Is this a question we can ask? Had the first disciples possibly started grumbling about those who had only recently joined Jesus' entourage? Did they ask, why do you treat them like one of us? We who have endured so much already for your sake. When Peter goes to Jesus with his question, About how many times he must forgive, only be told 77 times. Peter has asked the question actually against himself. Elsewhere in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says to the disciples, and we detect here a great sense of exasperation Are you still without understanding? Or as in another translation, are you still? So dull. Or in John's Gospel, when Philip says to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Have you seen the Father? Many scholars believe that Matthew's gospel was written between 80 and 90 of the Common Era, anno domini, in the year of the Lord, as we believe. Christian communities had formed. We encounter these communities in the letters of St. Paul, in the Acts of the Apostles, and in the book of Revelation, with its message to the seven churches Smyrna, Ephesus, Laodicea. Philadelphia, Sardis, Thyatira, and Pergamum. In compiling the gospel, was Matthew thinking about how to integrate newcomers into the community of believers against the backdrop of the laborers of the vineyard, and how newcomers to the faith and latecomers to the community are to be welcomed and integrated? We are told... They are all equal. The gospel is for everyone. The Father goes again and again through his Son to those who are the laborers, those who are idle, those who still have not been captured, you may say, by the good news of God's love and mercy for the world. They are equal. It doesn't matter how late they come if they make the true confession with all that that entails. And what does Matthew tell us what the true confession is? He does so in Peter's confession at Caesarea Philippi. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And being the Messiah and the Son of the living God, through him we see the Father. And the baptism service makes it clear what this confession entails. Turning to Christ as Savior for us day by day. Two, submitting to Christ as Lord. Does Christ have dominion over your life? Three, coming to Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. So is he your way? Is he your truth? And is he your life is another way of seeking to understand that calling. And submitting here means to come under God's sending, God's commissioning. So you are to go out throughout the day to the marketplace, going to all and calling those in the marketplace, those idle, those without purpose, those confused by the present realities of our world, and to call them into the vineyard that they may share in the labors and the joys of being a Christian in this world. He is become for us, the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.